lovey-dovey, but the problem is lovey-dovey is not compassion. Compassion is different than what you consider to be lovey-dovey. I'm a very loving fellow. I'm a good daddy. One of the best, actually. Good morning. How'd y'all sleep? I didn't. Jesus. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to get y'all. I, I sat up there this morning praying and got up early and was praying. And uh, I really think this is God. We're fixing to see. Uh, my kids are doing school, if y'all are wondering. Some people ask me where they at by the pool. No, they don't do the pool. We do the we do the school. Jesus, um, Holy Ghost. But I got Mrs. Hogan with me this morning, and I've asked her to come up here and talk to y'all a little bit. Come on up here. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Y'all notice we match. We do. We do a lot. We got have lots of shirts. These are from England. We bought these in England. I think hers looks better than mine. Holy Ghost. I embarrass you. Oh. Good morning. It's a blessing to be here this morning. It's a blessing to serve God. Just to wake up in the morning praising Jesus is is great. <laughs> pastor told you earlier about a uh, little bit about David's responsibility. He's responsible for over 300 churches in the jungles of Mexico. We went there almost 25 years ago. These people had never heard the gospel. So it's a real honor to be where we are, to know that these people that had never had a chance to hear the word of God heard it. And it took many years to break the ground. It was lots of battles that came about and lots of lots of things <laughs> lots of obstacles against us but anyway to get back to what I was saying David has lots of responsibility but I think the responsibility he gave me is even greater than what David has because he put in my heart to pray for David <laughs> and to back him and to be an intercessor for him because Satan would be out there to try and take his very life I had no idea what we were going to do in the jungle. You know, I thought we'd just go to a little village and raise our kids there and get a few dozen people saved, maybe. And I uh, had no idea what God was going to do. And I just want to say that when God does a move like he's done here, the devil knows all about it. <laughs> and he's going to try anything and everything he can to stop you. If you're going to serve God, you're going to face the devil. And we faced him many times, and we face him daily. We wake up in the morning and have to face him. God's there, thank God. He's faithful. But last year, the devil tried to kill my husband. He came in and started attacking his body with many sicknesses. I couldn't tell you the name of them. I just know they were demonic. David turned gray, which I consider the look of death, and many things started going wrong with his body. He's a very, very strong man, 
And when I had to start picking him up off the floor just from walking across the flat ground, somebody that's used to climbing mountains, I knew it was very serious. And I prayed to God back when, when we first got saved. I got saved right before David did. Um, he was a very difficult person because he was brought up in the Word of God. Nobody could, nobody could witness to him because he knew the Bible better than they did. And uh, at that point, I asked God to kill him. <laughs> but I didn't want God to kill him this time. I didn't want the devil to kill him. I didn't want anything to happen to him. I want him to, to stick around. And I said, God, please save him. Please heal him. Please bring him back. But he got worse and worse and worse. And I just kept praying. He didn't want to tell anybody. Um, our children knew it because they'd see him fall on the floor, too. They can tell when he loses his strength. And he didn't want to go to a doctor. He said, I'm going to trust God. So I trusted God with him. But it was not easy to go and pray for him laying on the floor. It's a little bit easier when he's standing up and strong in the pulpit and standing up hiking mountains. But I just want to tell you that God's faithful. He brought us through. There's battles, but God is faithful. He'll bring you through. And I don't think the devil's going to kill him till God's through with him. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. <clears throat> See, y'all thought she was quiet all the time. She's not. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it was 36 times that I fell down on the floor. And I woke up every time in her arms, her commanding life back into me and speaking in tongues. There were seven major demons come to our house, and personally, I'm glad they hit me than anybody else. We got to have a fight. Come on. Hallelujah. Bring it right on. Yeah. That Holy Ghost to help me out. That Holy Ghost to help me. Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, I like to, like she said, I'm strong. I, I work out. Still, I'm nearly 50, and I enjoy being very physically fit. I really like it. It's just a thing I like to do. I like to keep my body in good shape. And uh, I'm running. Uh, last year, we did a thousand-mile bike trip on a bicycle, and uh, me and my our, our team that work with us in Mexico, and I lift weights nearly every day. And most of y'all don't agree with none of that, but. But it's rare, it's rare that I'm sick. But when the devil comes, it's usually pretty serious. Because he's got to shut me down. Because if I can get this Shekinah presence going around, light some more fires, he's going to be put out of business. But I tell you, I couldn't even pick up. Y'all know what a pick is? That's a working tool. Most of you may not know what that is anymore. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, I got this 25-pound pick, and there's these demons called cat claw thorns. They're devils. And 
anyway, I, I usually wait. Well, I always do my counseling in case anybody wants to come get some counseling from us. It's not in a nice air-conditioned building and facility. It's out in those cat claw thorns about 120 degrees, about 2.30 in the afternoon. I take my pick out there and I start chopping on those things. Well, I drug that pick. I couldn't even pick it up. I was so weak. Drug it out there. I'd have to lean on that thing about 15 minutes. I'd, I'd finally get it up to my shoulder and chop. And if I missed, I had to wait another 15 minutes because I couldn't even pick the thing up. It was horrible. First day, I only killed one tree. Took me uh, everything I had to just get that one tree. But then on the 17th of October, it's 6.30 in the morning because I told Mrs. Hogan, I said, I will die seeking Jesus. I will not stop seeking God. If I die, I'm going to do it in the glory of God. If I die, it's going to be seeking heaven. And then at 6.30 in the morning on the 17th of October last year, or, yeah, coming up to be a year, I looked over at her. She was at her desk and I was at mine, and the pain was gone. And I was used to that pain, but it was all of a sudden it was gone. Because every organ in my body, my brain, my heart, my lungs, liver, kidneys, everything was exploding outward. And it was very painful. And I was losing a lot of blood in different places. And so it was horrible life. But the Holy Ghost, <laughs> it was just all of a sudden gone. And I just looked at her. I said, hey. She said, what is it? I said, it's gone. She, <laughs> she just started weeping. Because <laughs> it just left. And we won again. Thank you, God. Luke chapter 12. Holy Ghost. I want to share a couple of great deliverances with you. Is that all right? I, I, I've got some phenomenal things. God has led me around by the hand through these difficult situations. And I want to just share a couple of them that are very shiny, stick out, important things that that you can find similar incidents in the Old Testament where the Holy Ghost helped other people just like he helped us and so I want to share a couple of them with you first I want to read a verse to you in Luke 12 49 I'm reading out of the Amplified Holy Ghost Jesus. So I, I have to admit to you, I didn't set out to be a superhero. I really didn't. I didn't know what it takes to be a hero. You know, all of my kin folks, all of them was in the wars, the Korean War and the Vietnam War and the, uh, the, the World War II. My daddy was in that. My, my um, uncles, a couple of them died over in the Pacific. And we, you know, our, our family had a part in freedom. But I didn't, I didn't understand, just like all of y'all did, I, I didn't understand um, what it takes to be a hero. I sit with my dad-in-law, who has 
three medals and citations, been wounded over in the, because he was in the caves over in uh, the islands over in the Pacific, and, and he was part of the lead. He, he was in on all these uh, advanced movements. And, and I asked him, I said, man, how could you do that? I just didn't understand. I didn't understand how you could, how could you be a hero? He, he, his whole company had been cut to pieces and he was laying in the foxhole and he, and he jumped up and he, he by himself charged this hill and blew up these pillboxes and different things. And I asked him, he had bullet holes all through him and but he never, he never paid any attention to the bullet holes and, and the pain and the suffering. I asked him, man, what, dro what drove you? I, he got the, we got these papers. My wife has these papers of President Truman's citations and all this stuff we've got from, from just heroic. I, what makes a person be a hero, you know? I was just so interested because I wanted to be a hero, but I, just, I didn't know how I was too chicken. I want to be one. I want to do something good. And God, you know, God's just sitting there watching you and waiting for the opportunity to drop that Holy Ghost on you and guide you out where you can be that hero that you want to be. He's just sitting there. He's got the presence, his, 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 his shakana glory. He's just waiting to bless you. Isn't that something? My dad-in-law told me, he said, son, I didn't want to fight on American soil, and I didn't like my friends getting hurt. I said, there ain't nothing spiritual about that. He said, that's because you don't know spirituality, son. Oh. Now I've learned he's right. You need to learn how to seek God. Because the battle's coming to you. You're not going to prevent it this time. It's coming. I'm not, I'm not gloom and doom. I'm, I'm hallelujah and blessing person. But I have to tell you, there's a battle coming. You need to know how to fight. You need to know how, like where I live, I've buried a lot of my friends. It's hard. I've buried lots of our babies. That's hard. Some of my American friends, we've dug holes in the rain and buried babies. That's hard to do. I just can't tell you how hard that is and, and how that feels and how I would gladly give my life so that this one could live. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll make it that quick. I didn't get to that time. Jesus. My son-in-law. We buried his daddy in Guatemala. Terrorists killed him. Dead. He was a young man, my son-in-law was. I don't know how old he was. 14, maybe? Is that right? 13. Something like that. 13, 14 years old. Yeah. And I asked him, what you going to do, son? Because we just buried his daddy and got them all moved out and, boy, it was rough. And He said, if it's all right, I'd like to come live with you and work for the gospel. 
But it's all right, son. So he came and lived with me for nine years. I trained that boy in my house. Finished his schooling up and taught him how to be a man and taught him how to work the gospel in the in the in the jungle. Taught him several Indian languages. <clears throat> Boys are natural. And then he married my daughter. I can't get rid of the guy. Don't want to. He's an awesome guy. Where do y'all meet him? He's just, they're, they're just some good people. But to me, he's a hero. Lost his daddy, knows the price. And he's willing to pay again. That's something. That is really something. See, it's the will of God, y'all, to cast fire on this planet. It's the will of God to be on fire and burning and passionate and, and, and have compassion and have zeal, have focus. I'm one of the most focused people you'll ever run into. One of the most disciplined people you'll ever run into. I've got enough vision in me by myself to sink a few battleships. I'm not kidding you. Look at this in verse 49, Luke 12, 49. It says, I have come to cast fire on the earth. This is Jesus talking. There are people around that are filled with fire. I don't have goals like you do. My goals are 10000 a month, born again now. My goals are a 1,000 churches. My goals are somebody raised from the dead every day the sun comes up in our work. My goals are simple. They're fire. They're Holy Ghost fire. I don't have any other goals. I don't have any other passions. Nothing else turns me on. You can ask her. Nothing. I'm not interested in nothing but Jesus. It's amazing. Let me tell you how you get there. It's through the Scriptures. There's a trail through there of men that haven't let us down. There are men in there. And there's men. I've had five mentors that made it. They made it. They didn't commit adultery or steal money or run off or do something stupid. They made it. There are men on the planet that are making it. That are alive now. There are people we can follow. I do apologize to you for men that don't. But let me tell you something. Don't make it. But let me tell you. I understand why they fall. I used to didn't. I thought they were goofy. My God, Jesus. But now I've been down the road my 25 years now. And I look and I know the hurt and the pain and the suffering and the, the want to quit and the, the always threat of making mistakes that are costly to the ministry and costing sheep. I understand all that now. But my goals are not to fail. They are to succeed. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. 
Jesus says right here in this Amplified, says, How I wish it were already kindled. I'll tell you it's in me. And I'm burning. I'm burning. I'm burning with fire. One day I went up to Mexico City. From my house, it's about uh, through the mountains where I have to drive. It's about, uh, oh, it's about six hours. Hard driving because the mountains are so big and so curvy and so dangerous and everything. And cause we have to go through about 11,000 feet and there's volcanoes around. I mean, it's just lots of obstacles. And we went up there. It was the most beautiful day. We had been given victory by the Holy Ghost. Because we're constantly at war. Constantly. In the political arenas, spiritual arenas, physical arenas. There is not a day that we don't have war. Every day. I, if I started telling you the problems, I could really discourage you. I could overload your circuits. But I'll tell you. Here's how I feel about it. That's ex that really is how I feel about it. People say, man, how do you cope? I sit down in the mornings with our little brown son, who we got out of a dump in Guatemala, and I look at him and we read the Bible together. That's how I cope. <laughs> we fast together. We pray together. We seek heaven together. And I was on my way. The day was, there was I'm telling y'all, it was probably one of the most beautiful days ever on the planet. I, the deep blue of the sky, the clear, the clarity of, there wasn't a cloud around ever, anywhere. And in the mountains, that's, that's unusual. But I didn't know what was coming, see. I didn't know what was on the horizon. I went up to Mexico City. We got with those federal lawyers. We were sitting there doing our business. And they're telling us what we wasn't going to do and what we was going to do. And we told them how wrong they was. And everybody that we, we was at an impasse, actually, because the government said this is what they're going to do. And this is what we said we was going to do. And they said this is what it's going to cost us. So we said we was willing to pay. And we're not talking money. We're talking lives here. And they just couldn't understand that. They just can't get it. They got their fancy hairdos and their wonderful suits and their nice little old cars and their nine-to-five job, and they don't understand that the mountain never rests. They don't understand that the jungle is always alive and moving, and you got to move with it. And they conceded to us probably the second greatest political victory we've ever received. And we were very happy. Man, God beat them. God beat the system. It's amazing. And before we left, they looked at us. It's a whole room full of these very high-powered people that talked to the president and stuff. And they was talking to us, they said, look, it's against the law to pray in a federal building. But before you go, 
since you guys believe in God over all other power, do you mind praying for us? I looked at these nine Indians up there in these leather sandals. Britches had patches on them. It's the only pair they own. And they're all looking at me because some of them can't even speak Spanish. They're waiting for me to interpret it into Nahuatl or Aztec. And I said, and I told them they just started laughing, loud laughing. I said, well, do y'all want to do it or not? Absolutely. So listen, you, you got the highest paid lawyers in Mexico kneeling on the floor before the lowest paid people in Mexico. Isn't that amazing? I just, that astounds me. And so I have to tell you, we did good at messing up their hair and they their makeup and stuff. One of my guys that prays, he's a shaker. He shakes every time he prays. So he, so he just is all over you. One of the other guys was healed from tuberculosis. He's a spitter. Wow. So we have, we have all kinds of them running around with us. They would impress y'all, actually. But every one of them have raised the dead at least ten times. Every one of them. They're amazing people. So I'm sitting there. The other guy, this, the, the oldest, no, he's the second oldest elder we got he's a he's in his early 70s he's he's a clapper he won't touch you but he get right in your face and just clap and he gets he claps all over you you know up and down you you just it's just weird looking he's just strange guy so i got the shaker going the spitter going and the clapper going And I just step back and watch them. Because they don't know social strata. They don't understand they're the bottom. They, don't, they just don't understand that. They're what y'all call ignorant and unlearned. They're what I call the cream of the crop. <laughs> Jesus. They're amazing. I said, get them. They jumped on those lawyers. You should have seen it. Because these guys are not saved. These lawyers are not saved. When we left, all them high-powered people we opened the doors so that everybody could see. Secretaries came in. They all knelt down. We was all over them. 
they was all knocked out in the Holy Ghost. About half of them was speaking in tongues. Every kind of every kind of hairdo was messed up and mascaras was running and there was people's faces imprinted on the carpets and we won. <laughs> we won. And we were so happy. We went and got on the bus and made it back to the big terminal and took a bus down to Pachuca, which is a couple hours away, and that's where we park our vehicles. Then we grab our, we have these big one-ton diesel 7.3 turbo trucks, four-wheel drives. So we loaded up in them babies, and we was coming home. Now, you never know. You never know when you're going to be asked by the Holy Ghost to be a hero. You pretty much have your, your life lined out for the next 20 years. Mine's not that way. Every day, there's an opportunity for faith. Every day, I have to be ready. I have to be a firebrand. I have to cast fire on the planet. Because it is the will of God. It is the will of God to not be a failure, but to be a success. And the great Holy Ghost, watch this. We're driving along, and I looked over that. When, we, when I got in my truck, and I got up in some altitude, I looked out toward the Gulf of Mexico. It was black, as far as I could see. I got on the radio. I said, hey, any of you guys know about any kind of turbulence out in the Gulf? No. What is that coming, yonder? We don't know. One of my elders spoke up in another truck and said, I heard about this Category 4 hurricane coming. I said, stop the truck. We parked on the side. I went back there. I said, you're telling me that you knew a devil was coming and you didn't tell none of us. You know what his response was? Why? See, y'all gonna run down there and buy Walmart out of flashlights and lanterns and bottled water and you know that's what y'all doing getting ready for Y2K doing the same thing. And and y'all gonna run down there to Lowe's and I'll pass one coming here. So I know it's right over there. You're gonna run down there, you're gonna strip them of all their plywood and all their two by sixes and you gotta try to save a house and if God wants to, it'll be a matchstick in two seconds. I mean you Forgive me for not understanding. Jesus, Jesus. Boy, I fussed at that guy. What do you mean? Blah, 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 blah. We got family. Blah, 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 blah. You know what his answer to all that was? Brother David, you told us God's with all of us, including our families. 
said, that's right, he is. He said, well, what does it matter if you know about it then or not? Well, prayer? He said, prayer? He said, don't you think you'd worry about it more than you'd pray about it? Uh, you're probably right. I forgive you. Now let's go fight the devil. Y'all should have seen what happened next. Lord, our beautiful, we, we were on the top of the world. We won. We won. We won politically. We won in the arenas that we don't fight in. We won spiritually. And the day is beautiful. Less than two hours. It was the most turbulent day I've ever lived. I'm riding along, and the wind is blowing so hard because it's, where, where we were going down the mountains was the face of the Sierra Madre Orientales, which is the first wall off the Gulf. So all that wind that's down in the lowlands is pushing up, and all the wind in the high atmosphere is pushing that way too. So you get a convergence, and you got power. I'm riding along, and my truck is lifting. Winds way over 100 miles an hour. So what we ended up doing, because I drove along, and we got into these mudslides and landslides, I decided to turn around. But it was too late. When I turned around and tried to get out, the whole, we had just come through there. Wasn't even a minute. The whole mountain had fallen behind us. So I said, let's go, let's go down, let's get out of here. We flipped right in front of us. The mountain came down. And it's night, wind's blowing probably 130 miles an hour, 140. I'm trying to get into my base on the radio, can't do it. I know the lowlands are destroyed. Because if the highlands are getting ripped like this, I know they are getting battered. I, I, what we did, we ended up getting out of the truck. You had to hold on. You couldn't believe it. Wind would pick you up. What we had to do, we took winches and tied our trucks together. We figured the heavier weight, less likely to leave flying. Because we was out in the open. God had blessed us with a space off the highway. It was solid rock. Thank you, God. We didn't know that until daylight. Those trucks all night were rocking back and forth. <laughs> Daylight come. I'm in street clothes. I'm not in hiking gear. Here we go. Difference in me and you is, I don't believe the devil has the right to mess with my house. I just don't believe it's right. So I'm going home. Home's 52 miles on the road. Problem is, there's hundreds of massive landslides and rock slides. Hurricane it didn't calm down much. It did drop to around 95 miles an hour, the wind. Still blow you over every now and then. 
But I took my Indian elders and went and found a village. This will sound familiar to you. Gave them some money. I said, you take care of these people. I'll be back to get them. One guy told me, one of my Americans, a little Cajun guy about that tall. He told me, he said, I'm going with you. I said, no. Now where I go, I have to go alone. I said, because I'm going to check on my wife and I'll check on yours and everybody else's. Make sure our families are okay. I said, because where I go, few men have ever walked in the Holy Ghost. I go out against the biggest demons there are now. I put on my war, my war gear. And I go to battle. Physically, it's the impossibility to make that those two, uh, two of those marathons you have to do. We're not dressed right. We have the wrong equipment on. I'm in street clothes instead of hiking clothes. I said, everything's against us. Hurricane's against us. The people, once we start walking through some of these towns, they're not going to let us go through. They're going to try to stop us with force to try to save our lives. There's no food. There's no water. There's no hope for us. But I'm going. He said, I'm going with you. I said, suit yourself. But if the demon eats you, I'm going to have to leave you. He said, the demon ain't going to eat me. He said, because I'm going to stay with you because the demon ain't eating you. I said, that's right. We started walking. I've never been in anything like it in my life, okay? I started walking, got blown off the road, literally blown off the road by the winds more than a dozen times, blown up into the woods. <laughs> my little friend was a lot lighter than me. He got it first. He'd always... Wow, and I knew it was coming. <laughs> Lightning bolts were falling out of the sky around us because we was in altitude. We was in the clouds. These lightning bolts would hit these trees and splinters were sticking in us from these trees. They used to be big trees. There's nothing but toothpicks left. We kept walking. We got to this town. It's a pretty good-sized town. We were walking through. Mayor of the town comes out. He said, I can't let you go on. He said, I know who you are. I know about you. And I know you trust God. But you're not going anywhere. I looked at him and said, pull the trigger. Kept walking. He didn't pull the trigger. He let me go. Got to the next town. It was the same thing. What you don't understand is we were having to climb over these moving masses of mountain that had already knocked the road out. The road was gone. And we were walking, climbing from boulder to boulder. These muds was moving, and boy, it's a scary thing. Finally, we got on the face, the actual face of where the problem was. We weren't doing very well. We'd been hiking for several hours, about 12. And we were physically wearing out because of the, the, the wind and the, and the rain beating you and the getting blown around and the, everything you got to do and all that. Wrong clothes and equipment. Hypothermia was a problem, and so we was keeping on going. 
come up to this mudslide. It was about about two meters. I don't know how many thousands of metric tons was coming off that mountain. And I looked out in it, and there was a woman out there. I told my buddy Greg, I said, here, hold my pack a minute. What is it, man? I said, look out there, there's a woman. And the cliff was about 1,500, 2,000 feet over here. He said, man, you're going to die. So that's the way it goes. That's the price you pay. I said, God's got me out here to save people. Did you hear that? I started climbing through that mud, made my way over to her, wiped her face off because she'd given up. I dug her out of the mud. We were moving closer and closer to that pania, boy, that big old cliff. I pulled her out of the mud, got her out, rolled her up on top of me, put her on my back, and swam through that mud back out, took her over to a creek that was running along. The whole place was alive with water. I bathed her, got all the mud off of her, brought her up. She, was, she actually, she wasn't dead and passed out, but she was, she had mud in her mouth. She was going to die. I cleaned her all up. She was just looking at me, just weeping. Thank you. I said, I'm not the one to thank. The one you thank is the Lord Jesus Christ for sending me here. You know who she was? She was somebody's daughter. <laughs> You know who she was? She was somebody's mama. You know who she was? She was somebody's wife. So I picked her up, put her on my back, got her bag, my bag, and we started walking. Through the mud and the hurricane. Got to the next mudslide. I set her down. Because there was another woman in that mudslide, too. I got out in there and dug that woman out. Same thing happened. Pulled her out. <laughs> Cleaned her all up. It is not the will of God for women to be in the mud. Ever. Ever. I put both them women on my back. They couldn't walk no more. They, they, they was gone physically. Carried their bags in my hand. Gave my pack to my friend. We started walking. Got to the mudslide. The next one it was a couple hundred yards down. I set them down. Because there was a man out there dying now. Climbed out that mudslide. I dug him out. I said, what are you doing, man? You ought to have better sense than this. He said, well, I'm a, I'm a medical doctor. I was up here trying to help some people and got myself caught. I said, the Lord Jesus sent me here to save you. He said, I was crying out to God. I said, no doubt, because God brought me here. I pulled him out. I always carry rope in my backpack. 
braided nylon. Great invention. Three-eighths inch. I always carried 50 feet with me at the least. I tied it around Doc. Tied it around me. Picked up my two women. Told Doc, hang on. Stay up if you can. You know, I didn't get up that morning thinking I'm going to be some kind of hero. I didn't do it. I'm telling you. I got up that day and everything was in our favor. The cloudless sky, beautiful. We had victory after victory after victory till we ran into the devil. And then God put some, put some charges on me. Go see your family. Because there was people along the way he needed to save. You know something? I pulled that doctor and carried them women. My friend told me, he said, what are we going to do? I always carry a, a big flashlight with me. He had one of them little bitty, one of y'all's yuppie things y'all sell. With a double A batteries, them things are useless. Oh, what's the matter with y'all buying that junk? Got it on sale. Yeah, now what good is he going to do you now out here in the woods? Because it don't work. Jesus. So I gave him my good flashlight. Because <laughs> there's a saying in Mexico, El hombre prevenido vale por dos. The prepared man is worth two men. I gave him mine, took his little stupid flashlight, put it in my pocket. I carried these people. I told him, now you go get me some help. He said, I can't leave you. I said, you're not leaving me. You're obeying me. But Brother David, anything happens to you, I'm responsible. No, you're not. God is. Now get out of here. You obey me. Go get me some help. He took off. I'm carrying my women, dragging my doctor. <laughs> see, one of these days, you're going to need a mountain man. You see, your beamer will let you down one of these days. But that mountain man and his mule, it won't. <laughs> I'm talking about time. I'm in the bed. I'm hung. I'm fed and my kids are sleeping. But I know the Bible. You've got to be persistent. I'm bang. I'm about to knock the door off the hinges. Guy opened the door. I mean, the wind's howling. The water's blowing in. I do feel for his family. I reached in my pocket. I gave him a fistful of money. I said, these people are dying. You take care of them. I'll be back. He said, I know who you are. I said, I know you do. I preach the gospel, and I live the gospel. These people were caught in the mudslides up above. And you take care of them, and you feed them. I'll come back. If they eat anything more than what I've given you, I'll give you money later. 
but you take care of these people. He said, I'll do it, Brother David. I'll do it. So I took off. Now it's dark, and I got that stupid flashlight. Trying to go. My legs won't work no more. Because anybody can do 40 miles, but it's hard to do 50. My body is, we had been fasting. I didn't have the right vitamins inside. I didn't have the right food inside. I didn't have, I just wasn't ready for the battle. Mentally, I wasn't ready. Spiritually, I was ready. See, and if you're run by the Holy Ghost, you can win if your mind's a little weak. But if you run by your mind, you lose every time. I'm walking down through there and the flashlight quit. I knew it was going to. Little yuppie piece of trash. Stuck it in my pocket and kept on going. I, was, I couldn't pick my feet up no more, so I was scooting them. They wouldn't work. I was having to command them to. And directly this fear hit me that actually drove me to my knees. And I'm just sitting there. I'm watching the lightning flash, and I'm wondering, what, it's, what is, what now? What could it be now? What is it? What enemy has approached me? Because I physically am pretty well spent, and I don't think I can make it. If it's a jaguar, he may have some tacos. If it's gorillas, kind of carry rifles. Hopefully they'll take me somewhere that's warm and feed me before they put out a, try to sell me to my government. What else could it be? I took my flashlight out. I waited a long time. I was on my knees right in the middle of the road. I was just sitting there. I was wondering, what is it? What is it, Holy Ghost? What is it? Because the wind was howling and boisterous. The lightning bolts. My hair was sticking up all over me from the static, from the, the electricity in the air, from the lightning. What is it, God? What is it? I turned that little flashlight on. It was so dim. I, and right in front of me, about a meter away, was one of those 440,000 volt cables. God spared my life again. I got down on my belly, crawled under it, and made it. See, you got to keep your eyes off the storm. You hear me? God wants you to cast fire on the planet. If all you're worried about is yourself and your little family and, and, and your little situation and circumstances, you'll never be a hero for God. You'll never make it. I crawled on my hands and knees for a long time because it was just a lot easier at the time. Turn with me over here to John, please. Chapter 3. I know we was there last night. We're there this morning again. A little bit further down in the passage. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. God sent me to save three people. I'd done my job, so He spared my life when it came to the electric cord. 
But now I can't hardly walk. I'm just barely moving, and I'm a long ways from the house. Pain is racking my body. Blood's leaking out of my shoes. My feet gave up. They just couldn't take it. I'd have been all right if I would have had to carry those women. I really think I'd have been all right. But the problem is that was part of the plan. And yes, my feet did disintegrate. And I did start, the water was running down my legs so fast it was flushing blood out. And, and the pain of was rough. But I kept going. All of a sudden, I see these car lights way down the mountain. They're coming around. They're coming up as they come around a curve. I just couldn't believe it. Could it? Could the road be open? Could it be? Could it be Greg? Now that wasn't who it was. <laughs> see what happened was. My wife was praying in tongues. Because she told them men, the men had asked us, should we go find Brother David? No. Me and David's got this packed. We wait 24 hours. If he's not back past the extended time of after 24 hours, then I send somebody out to look for him. So they waited there 24 hours, but during the meantime, she was praying in tongues and fasting. Calling on Jesus for mercy. You want to know why? <laughs> She'll tell you. Because I knew he was coming. <laughs> How about that? That's pretty good confidence, isn't it? That's pretty good covenant, if you ask me. That's pretty good relationship, if you ask me. That's pretty good Holy Ghost. That's only if you ask me. If I asked y'all, we should have quit a long time ago and got divorced and sought other things. So I didn't ask you. I stayed at the altars of God and asked the Holy Ghost. You messing with all of us? I know I am. You got to know what cover it is because we're going to battle. God's taking his church to war. There's an ultimatum coming to the demon. And the church is going to have to stand strong and have backbone and win. And you're going to have to have the Shekinah presence of God. Because the Holy Ghost came on my wife. She was sitting down in there with a blanket wrapped around her because she'd given up trying to keep the water out of the house. Because they'd gotten 24 hours. In 24 hours, they got 24 inches. And there ain't no water system can cope with that. Our house was full of water. She was wrapped up in a blanket. She was praying in tongues, and the radio just blurted out. Some people were talking back and forth, which there hadn't been no radio communications. These people went through. We tried to stop them, but they left and went anyway. My wife said, that's my husband. And the Holy Ghost spoke to her, go get him. So she went and got my what's my son-in-law now and said this is what you're going to do exactly and you're not going to do nothing else you're going to go across town and get that other boy that other man 
Y'all finna go up there and get David because he's on the way. Well, how do you know? God said it. Now get in the truck. He said, yes, ma'am. I'm on my way. Holy Ghost had spoken to my wife. And that vehicle coming was my, my men to save me. But I couldn't get to them. I was trying. I was crawling. I was crawling on my belly. I was going down that thing. The only way I, knew I could get down because my body was quitting. <laughs> Jesus helped us. I heard this noise. I was whistling, but I... They couldn't hear me for the roar of the wind and the there was this waterfall that used to be just a dried up stream bed. And I got to it and the truck was just about here them flags over there, about fifty yards or sixty yards maybe. And that, that thing was roaring. And I, I just couldn't I just couldn't go no more. And I wanted that truck so bad. But I couldn't get to it. So I started out into that water, and the pain from the from the raw bottoms of my feet was serious. I said, Holy Ghost, I started walking toward them lights. And the roar, the water got deep. The roar was deafening. The rocks banging together, and I just kept walking. I got out in the middle of that river, and I stopped because I noticed it wasn't taking me away. And I looked at it. And I spat on it. Because it ain't a devil that can take me out as long as God is with me. I kept going. And I was wondering why, when I was past the roar of the river, why did the... Why did the oh, and it was a downhill... Why was the water raising up? I didn't know that the, the mountain had fallen off and it had formed a dam and this whole thing's fixing to go. I finally got over there and I started swimming in that mud. And this fella started jumping on rocks coming out there. <laughs> and there's his feet right in front of me. And I'm hollering at him in Spanish, I use of me. Because I was a little bit gone up here. And the wind flapped his manga, his uh, raincoat. It was, it was my raincoat. And I looked at him. It was my son. <laughs> he reached down, pulled me out of that mud, carried me to that truck, said, you'll be all right now, Pop. God spoke to Mama. She's got you some hot soup and hot chocolate. <laughs> I said, I ain't going home. I got to find Greg. We got Greg in the truck. He was a few miles ahead of you. Went over there and I got Greg. And we hugged and kissed. Made it down. We went and checked on every one of our families and everybody's okay. We didn't lose anybody. See, in you by the Holy Ghost is the power to be a hero. You've got to let the great Holy Ghost come on you.
And you got to ignore the, the boisterousness of the circumstances. you got to throw fire regardless of the enemy's approach on you. It don't make any difference what's happening around you. What matters is, yes, Lord, we will rise. It's not going to always be easy, nice conference settings. The war is coming. Be prepared. Seek heaven. Call down the kingdom of God. Lift up the name of Jesus. You're going to need it one day. John chapter 3 and verse 33. Whoever receives his testimony has set his seal of approval on this. God is true. God will not let you down. I got caught in Guatemala by a terrorist group. They beat me and beat me. You want to know why I'm so aggressive? Because I have an aggressive God. Because He puts me in situations and leads me by the Holy Ghost into death situations so He can prove Himself strong. You think God led you? I know God leads me. My steps are ordered of the Lord. And I won't back up just because it's uncomfortable to my flesh. Or my wife's or anybody else's around me. We are cannon fodder so others can live the life of the gospel. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter all day long so others can live. God is true. He will not let you down. God is true. He loves you. This captain's there beating me and his people. And I'd gone to pray for a lady, had her arm cut off by a terrorist attack, but way behind the lines. And we had to go, and I ended up the only one. And so Jesus brought us out and brought me out, and I got caught. They're thinking millions of dollars to trade me into my wife. The Holy Ghost sent an angel. In the middle of the rookus, I'm thinking survival. I wish I could be as spiritual as you. I wish I could always think peace. Apologize, I'm a human. Sometimes I think war. Sometimes I think survival and help me. And when I got a bunch of sissies punching on me, I don't like it. Because I think terrorists and guerrillas are sissies. They're chumps. Anybody that rapes a woman and takes babies and pops their head up against a tree, I ain't got time of day for them. They're devils. And they're to be sought out by the Holy Ghost and fixed whatever it takes. 
man, you talk too much war. That's because I'm a winner. I'm not accustomed to losing like you are. Even in the situation where my mentality is not straight, I agree with you. I should be more capable of taking more licks before I decide to try to escape. But again, I've got to get back to my wife. And this is not a... They're not negotiating. That angel came up there. That man's an angel. I know he was. I didn't know it at the minute. I was mad. I was hurting. He said to that captain, let this man go. The captain looked at him and looked at me. I mean, after beating the stuffings out of me, he said, have a nice trip. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I heard that. I was angry. Do you know what the Holy Ghost? What's this? Let me just share something with you out of the Bible here. Verse 34 of John chapter 3, it says, For since who, he who God has sent, he who God has sent, he whom God has sent, speaks the words of God, proclaims God's message. God does not, listen to this, God does not give him the Spirit sparingly or by measure. But boundless is the gift of God makes His Spirit. Isn't that amazing? That captain told me I could go. I tried to fire off that 600 Honda that I was on. It wouldn't fire up. I was so mad at Honda. Never let me down before. Nice things don't let me down. Firing, firing. It wouldn't fire up. Finally, I had to take just a minute rest. Oh, I hate it when I'm leaking blood and God delivers me and my stupid motorcycle won't crank. That's a bad feeling. Because they're all just looking at you. Because they're jittery. So am I, because I've been spitting blood on them. They didn't like that either. And so... Finally, that captain spoke up because God had to have him invite me back. See, he said, "La próxima vuelta mi país vente para acá, Jesucristo a nosotros." Next time you come to our country, you bring your Jesus and preaching to us, will you? I looked at him. I'm leaking blood, and I said, "Si está bien, señor, lo haremos." Yeah, it's all right. We'll do it. I got blood all over my Honda. Next kick, it fired up. Isn't that something? Did you hear me? But on the way in, I didn't tell you all the whole story because I don't have time. But on the way in, I had climbed this mountain. It's about 2,000 feet. It's, a, it's not a cliff, but it's almost there. The only way you can get up it is to stand. I had to stand on my pegs and lean, let my legs be on the, for, on the forks and hold on to the front cowling. That's the only way it wouldn't fall backwards, just that steep. And I had forgotten about it because I was confused by the, I was addled by the beatings, you see. 
So I took off. First gear, second gear. I mean, I'm out of there, buddy. I am talented to ride that 600. Don't mess with me when I'm on it. When I hit third gear and I, squ I, I turned that thing up into the power band, I am flying. But it's twilight. It's almost dark. And I forgot about that cliff. It dawned on me as I was flying. Jesus. 267-pound motorcycle with 68 horses. A 200-pound man with a 25-pound backpack. 500 pounds. We fit the bottom out. The problem is it's a couple thousand feet of rolling. Let me read something to you. Is it all right if I read something to you out of the Bible before we stop? Would you go with me to Acts of the Apostles, chapter 8? Jesus. Jesus. Verse 32, now this is the passage of Scripture which he was reading, the eunuch. Like as sheep, he was led to the slaughter. Say, I believe that and y'all don't. Even though you know I am the head and not the tail, I am the righteousness of God in Christ, I'm also cannon fodder so that the kingdom of God can progress. What about that? Isn't that something? just like my Jesus was. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter as a lamb before its shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, he was taken away by distressing and oppressive judgment and justice and denied him cause to cease. Who can describe and relate in full the wickedness of his contemporaries? For his life is taken from the earth and a bloody death inflicted on him. Let me tell you something, and I want you to hear me and understand that I'm telling you the truth, and I mean this. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Siatane. Man, you go around asking for it. You're right. If they can beat us, I want to see it. I ain't compromising, and I'm not backing down. The devil can leave. That's what can happen. You understand? That's the way my Lord Jesus was, and that's the way I'm going to be. That makes you a hero. What it makes you is normal in Christian life. Because one of these days, you're going to forget about a cliff. You're going to be flying in third gear power band about 40 miles an hour. When you go airborne, you're going to need that Holy Ghost. And you're going to need Him without measure to be around you. Y'all fix to be blessed. I'm going to tell you something important. And the eunuch said to Philip, I beg you, tell me, who, who's, who's this prophet? To, what is this, about himself or somebody else? Philip opened his mouth. And beginning with this portion of Scripture, he announced to him the glad tidings of the gospel. 
of Jesus and about him. And as they continued along their way, their water came up, and the eunuch exclaimed, See, here's water. What does hinder me from being baptized? Philip said, If you believe with all of your heart, you can and have a conviction and a full, joyful trust that Jesus is the Messiah and accept him as the authority of your salvation in the kingdom of God, giving him obedience, you may. I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to be stopped. Philip and the eunuch went into the water and he was baptized. And look at verse 39. This is very important to me. Jesus. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord the one that's given to us if we trust and rely on God's power and progress, if we trust in God's covenant and anointing, there is no limit. It's boundless gift of the Spirit of the Lord. It's ours. See, I believe it. And I had simply made a mistake, and I had reason to make the mistake. I was beat up. It was my first time on the trail. The Spirit of the Lord caught him away suddenly. And the eunuch saw him no more. From where I went off the cliff to where my friends were in a town waiting on me to get there was somewhere between 5 and 11 miles. Depends on if you're flying or you're on the highway dirt road. Jesus. You now have met a man that the Holy Ghost has taken him and his motorcycle through the air. I went over the lines of the, of the of gorillas, through the no man's land, and over the federal soldiers' lines of the war and landed behind the lines. I rode into town. When I came to, I was in the town right beside my friends. Holy Ghost! You're God. I don't know what He can do. But the boundless gift of the Spirit of God is on me. I have the right to be a hero because I trust in the Lamb of God Almighty. So do you. You can walk in the Shekinah presence of God. It can be around you even though you are asked by the Lord to take occasional hits and you're asked of the Lord to suffer a little bit occasionally. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He is your friend. John 15. He is your counselor. John 14. He is the vine. He is my friend. Jesus. What did it feel like? I have no idea. 
As far as I could tell, it was like shutting your eyes and opening them and you were there. I have no idea. All I remember is the scream as I went off the cliff. I'm talking to y'all about a God that can do whatever He wants to, and He can do it now on the planet, now. Stand up, please. Stand up. Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Holy Ghost. Brother Wayne, where are you? Are you here? Did you come up here? Oh, yes. Thank you, dear. Jesus. That lady that's playing the keyboard. What's her name? Miss Barbie? Well, that's about as typical as you can get in that's about like David. Everybody's called David or Barbie, huh? Holy Ghost, y'all ready? <laughs>